Thank you, Jonathan, for reading that. Uh, good morning. For those of you who, uh, who don't know me, my name is Cody Quinn. I'm the Director of Students here at Daniel Island Fellowship, and it's an honor to be able to speak uh, before you today. So let me start with a word of prayer. Father, this morning is yours. We pray that your will be done, that your words are spoken, and that our hearts and minds are, are shifted to be more and more like you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So my title for this morning is True Friendship. And when I think of friendship, my mind goes back to a bowling alley and many trips to the bowling alley with birthday parties. It's, I remember the name Galaxy Lanes in Kinston, North Carolina. There were so many birthday parties there. And just remember me and, and 10 or so of my friends running around, having a good old time, having no care in the world rather than how terrible we were at bowling and how many jokes we could tell, and how funny we could be with each other. And then in middle school, I remember this friend named Hayden Cork that was, that we, were, we, were, we were biker gang buddies. I didn't grow up in a town like, like D.I., or a place like D.I., but I grew up in a small country town where you could ride your bike everywhere, and we would always meet up after school, and all throughout the summer days, and ride, and, and uh, hang out, throw the football, do all that together. And when I think of friendship, my mind goes back. To there, And as I've become a little older, I think of how life gets real, realer and realer and realer, if you can go with that, that, the wording there, and how you need true friendships that aren't just focused on laughter and fun, but they can walk with you through the ups and downs of life. Have friends that are loyal, that stand by you when others are talking about you, or whatever the case may be. You have friends that will fight for you, in times where you need, where you can't fight for yourself. Someone, as we'll talk about in a minute, that'll stand in the gap for you. And it, it's, a, it's, it's great to be speaking on friendship this morning because I have a, a friend from back home, Ryan, that's here on the front row um, that was able to be, be here this weekend. And when I think of friendship, I think of Ryan and how he was all those things for me and still is, loyal, fights for me, stands in the gap, is there when when I need him, is there even when I, I don't need him. He's always there. <laughs> Do you have a friend like that? That's always there? That's who I think of when I think of friendship is Ryan. And so my question to you this morning is when you think of a true friend, what qualities come to mind? Or maybe what face comes to mind? What childhood friend do you think of when you think of friendship? What what person now in your life, in your community, maybe a neighbor comes to your mind and what qualities do you think of? Because here's the big idea today. The big idea this morning is that friendship, true friendships are vital to life. They're vital, they're key, they are necessary. And as we discover and as we just read from 1 Samuel, the friendship between Jonathan and David really was life-saving for David. It was really the friendship was a life or death matter. And Jonathan was able to walk with him through that time. And so I wonder if you have that friend. Because friendships are vital. Point number one this morning is that true friendship recognizes potential. True friendships recognize potential. Give you a little context, catch you up where you are in 1 Samuel if you haven't been with us the past few weeks. 
David has been anointed the future, the next king of Israel by the prophet Samuel. And we see that as he grows, he just continues to be a little shepherd boy running errands for, errands for his father and going to take food to his brothers and the army. And he gets, he gets there um, doing this task for his father. And we catch up to David's life where it's the battle of Goliath. Now, no one steps up to Goliath or to, to fight them or to conquer the Philistines. And yet David steps up full of courage and full of Christ and defeats Goliath. And ultimately, by defeating the warrior champion uh, Goliath, he defeats the Philistines. He defeats the, the top enemy of the Israelites in this day. And as they're coming back home, as they're traveling back, as we heard last week, they're walking through different cities and all the women and children are cheering for them coming back and they're, they're singing praises. And we hear them singing praises to the king that was there in that time in place by the name of Saul. But they're also singing praises of David. They were saying, Saul has killed thousands of men, but David his ten thousands. And Saul, as we heard Pastor Jerry preached last week, something dark and evil began to grow in Saul in this day. And it's envy. It was jealousy, pride, selfishness, because he saw the potential in David. And his response, his reaction was envy, was jealousy, not wanting David to take his place. And that's a dangerous stage of life. That's a dangerous slope to find yourself on. And so we learned last week we need to guard ourselves from that. But Saul's not the only character in the story. Saul's not the only one who responds to David's rise in, in fame and his anointing. We also see Saul's son, Jonathan. And we see his response in this story. And I believe as we see his response, it's a response that we need to have for our friends. Angry with David, it was him. Jonathan was next in line for the throne. If anything happened to Saul, it was Jonathan. who was going to be the ruler of that time. And Jonathan responds as a true friend would. Let's read about that in 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4. Scripture says, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul, and Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of his robe that, he was, that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. See, David or Jonathan responds with true friendship. Jonathan recognized who David was. Or maybe even better, Jonathan recognized who David was going to be. He recognized the potential that was in David's life because of the, the anointing that was on him. And Jonathan's response was opposite of Saul's. Instead of becoming envious and prideful, Jonathan gives up his recognition. Being second to the throne or being next to the throne, Jonathan gave his robe to David, which resembled, hey, I'm next up. I'm the next one. And he even laid down his sword, saying, here is my power. And in our friendships, we need to respond as Jonathan does in this moment. 
our friends that we have, we need to discover for ourselves how God is using them, how God has created them, how God has anointed them to walk through this life and make a difference. And we need to find out how we can lower ourselves under them to raise them up, just as Jonathan did. And it may result in us taking off a title, but us lowering ourselves and raising others up into who God is calling them to be. Just as Jonathan recognized the potential in David, point number one is true friendship recognizes potential, and we should do that for our friends. Point number two, true friendship stands in the gap. True friendship stands in the gap. Now, I don't know if you've seen these commercials. I've seen these commercials going on for a little while, but Domino's has a new uh, I guess brand a marketing scheme and they're going around and if there's a pothole they're filling the pothole and putting their their logo on it and saying, oh yes we did we did fill it and when I when I think of um, of point number two which is that true friendship stands in the gap this picture comes to mind and how Dominoes, whenever they, they lay that gravel down and it becomes one with the road, that's how true friendships are. They stand in the gap, walking hand in hand, being one with each other, standing in the gap for each other. And that's exactly what we see for Jonathan. As chapter 18 and 19 continue, we see that Saul has it out for David. That this is a time of adversity for David, running for his life. We even see in chapter 19, how Saul throws a spear at David, trying to pin him to the wall, trying to, to kill him. And we see Jonathan steps in to this moment, this moment of deep despair for David, who knows his future, but yet he's living in the reality of the moment that, hey, I might not live to see tomorrow. And Jonathan steps in. In chapter 20, as, Jonathan, as our Jonathan read earlier, we see that David and Jonathan devise a plan for Jonathan to stand in the gap for David before Saul, his father. And we see that standing in the gap, it was to protect David. It was to walk with David through these deep emotions that he was feeling. And so I wonder what standing in the gap means for you or where you need a friend to stand in the gap for you. Maybe it's kind of similar to this story of how you realize who you are in, in current reality, but you have dreams of who you're supposed to be. Or you see how God has made you and you're not quite there yet, you don't think. You need a friend to walk with you and to lift you up and to raise you to the moment, to stand in that gap. Maybe it's emotionally. There's been a, a loss or may, something tra tragic has happened in your life and you need someone to stand with you in the gap and walk with you and help you get through that moment. Or maybe like it was for me for many times and Ryan stood in the gap for me was sin. When I was falling short and I had a, a true friend to stand in the gap and call me out. Be honest with me and call me out. Standing in the gap is not just this happy-go-lucky, encouraging, or just uh, taking you out of this dark place. But it can also be calling you out from something wrong. But here's the deal. Standing in the gap, true friendship is not always clean work. See, this wasn't easy-peasy for Jonathan. Jonathan standing in the gap between his father Saul, the current king, 
And David, the future king, was risking his life. By aligning and by knitting his soul with David, he was actually opposing the current king of the land. And he was risking his life for David. As a true friend, seeing what God was doing, knitting himself with David, was risking his life even from his own father. Standing in the gap can be messy. And there's no better example than that of Jesus in John 8 with a woman caught in adultery. This woman caught in the act of adultery is thrown before the feet of Jesus. And the religious leaders of those days are expecting him to scold her and to call her out and to make a scene or to see what he's going to do. And we see Jesus in this moment. He kneels down with this woman and is with her and comforts, comforts her, excuse me, and is with her, showing her grace and forgiveness. And yet, as we see in, at the end of John 8, he says to sin no more, encouraging and calling out. He's being a true friend in this moment, standing in the gap between the woman and those that are scolding her. Jesus is the perfect example of a friend who stands in the gap, especially in times of adversity. In Proverbs 17, 17, it says this, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And a brother is born for adversity. See, Jonathan and David's relationship was that of family. And Jonathan was with David in this time of adversity, and Jesus is with us in our time, extending forgiveness, encouragement, and charging us to sin no more. Point number two is true friendship stands in the gap. Point number three, true friendship lasts forever. Look at what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 40 to 42. It says, And Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy, and to him go and carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from the bedside, the stone heap, fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you, and bet between our offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. You see, it's at this point in the story where we see some strong language between David and Jonathan. And we see how they were so tight, like family. Imagine your brother or sister, or maybe your mom or dad, or maybe one of your children getting to a point in their life where you're not sure you're going to see them again. That's where we find Jonathan and David in this moment. This moment where David's about to literally have to run for his life and they may be seeing each other for the last time and there's this deep emotion of friendship between them that you can't miss. And we see that true friendship lasts forever in the covenant that Jonathan and David have. We see Jonathan, the last thing he mentions to David is their covenant. To always remember each other, to remember their families, and to remember that it's based in the Lord. That it's based in and through Christ. And we'll even see as we get further in the life of David how 
David honors this covenant even after Jonathan has passed away to the family of Jonathan. True friendship lasts forever. You know, Ryan and I were talking about my sermon and processing it and, and doing all that last night as he got in town and, and talking about true friendship lasts forever. I thought a perfect picture of this that displays this is Ryan and his three-year-old son, Hudson. So he says every morning and night they have this little motto or slogan that they say to each other. And it's mentioned throughout the days, but it goes something like this. Ryan will look at Hudson and say, how much does daddy love you? And Hudson will respond, the most. And then Ryan will say, how long will daddy love you? And Hudson will look and say, always. And the, the friendship of Jonathan and David that lasts forever points us directly to Christ and his love to, to us forever and always. He loves us more than we could ever imagine, and he will always, always love us. Look at what it says in John 15, starting in verse 9. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you, have lo that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Just as Ryan and Hudson have this saying between each other about how much they love each other and how long it will last, I believe God has that same motto for us that he loves us the most and that he will love us forever and ever and ever because true friendship, see Christ live out these three ways of being true friends all throughout the gospel. We see that Jesus strips down his power and glory from heaven and comes down on earth to live as just a normal human, walking this earth, born as a baby in a manger, which ultimately leads to the, to the cross and to the resurrection and what he does for us there. And we see that as Jesus is teaching throughout his life that he calls us heirs of the kingdom in James 2, 5 and how he was calling out the potential in our life. That we are heirs to the kingdom. That we have a future in him. We see how Christ stands in the gap for us on the cross. Can you just imagine the picture of Jesus standing there between us and his father dying for our sins because God can't look at our sins. So we needed someone to stand in the gap for us as sinners. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He came down to stand in the gap for us, to love us and to keep us. In Romans 8, 34, it says that now Jesus is interceding for us on behalf of ourselves on the right hand of the father. Jesus is standing in the gap for us. And John three sixteen. So that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we could have life 
everlasting. Christ's love for us lasts forever. Even when we don't necessarily love Him back, He continually pursues us and loves us and loves us. And as I close this and we're thinking about friendship, I have two questions for you. As we recap for you to ponder on and think about in Trenton, you can make your way forward. But first question is this. Will you live into the friendship that Christ is extending to you? That Christ is extending to you a friendship that calls you out. Calls you out of, that's standing in the gap, calls you out of sin, that calls you out of and walks with you through tough times, through adversity. Will you stand and walk with Jesus? Will you, in Jesus' love for us, chase after that potential that He's placed inside of you? And will you accept that Christ loves you forever and ever through the ups and downs that Christ will never give up on you? And second question is, will you be a true friend like Jonathan was to David? Because it's not just about having good friends and surrounding yourself with good friends, but it's about being a good friend. I have a good friend in Ryan and others. Do you have a good friend in your life that can call out the potential you have, that can stand in the gap and walk through life with you, and that will always be there for you? Do you have a friend like Jonathan was to David? Let me pray. Father, this morning I pray that your words were spoken. That your words were filled with power and change to create us and to continue to mold our hearts to be more and more like you. God, this world is messed up and we're messed up people and we're not the best friend. We're not the best of friends all the time. So God, I pray for your strength for us to be good friends. And God, I pray for your strength for me to trust in you as my best friend and as my Savior. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.